Blog Talk Radio. how 
I happened to uh, have the honor and privilege of, of meeting him, and it was through you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to just have you share with us briefly, how was it that you met him and, and you introduced him to me and so forth? Could you just share with the audience about that? Well, surely. I met um, Mr. Alert through one of his coworkers. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, his employee. Yes, yes. Who came, a delightful person. Uh-huh. And um, she came to Serenity Space, mm-hmm. where I was at one Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and she offered me a sample. Mm. Of the of the yogurt? Of the um, yogurt. Right the frozen yogurt that they offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started talking, and next thing I know, she said to me, oh, well, you should meet my boss. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fine. And, and, and that's how we met. So then that afternoon, yeah. um, that afternoon that you came to pick me up, a couple of weeks later, I had mentioned to you, well, you know, we haven't met Mr. Alert yet, you know, we should stop by and see him. We were on our way. I don't remember where we were on our way to. We were on our way somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, look, you know, it's a couple of blocks away. We should go and meet him. Right. And, and that's how we ended up meeting him. That's very, very magical, you know, in, in terms of synchronicity and the law of attraction and so forth. That's really, I'm happy you were able to share that with us. Well, the universe sets these things up, as we know. And yes, indeed. The, you know, the law of attraction is very real. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've mentioned that on numerous shows in the past, and it's just so enlightening and so delightful when it actually happens, and we can't just say more about that. But I just would like to give you, uh, the listening audience, a brief overview of uh, the background of of Brother Jean. Uh, Jean Alert was born in Port-au-France, Haiti, and at the tender age of five, he migrated to Brooklyn, New York, and his work experiences ranged from being a licensed mortgage banker. As a matter of fact, he was vice president of the bank that he left after he retired from that particular industry. And uh, he's a, a marketeer and a manager of extraordinary um, talented individuals. And he's also a brander and a consultant for so many businesses and industry professionals. Gene was awarded the Young, Gifted, and Black Entrepreneurial Strategic Marketing Award this year of 2012, and he has produced numerous comedy concerts and tours, and his long um, list of accomplishments have landed his company, which is Alert and Carter and Associates, accounts with many A-listed companies and entrepreneurs. And Gene serves as the vice president and chair of the fundraising committee for Egypt Cares Family Foundation. He currently resides in Queens and Brooklyn, New York, with his wife, Jean, and his wife recently, he and his wife actually recently opened a business titled Brooklyn Swirl, which is a frozen yogurt shop in the heart of Stuyvesant and Heights, Brooklyn, New York. And then he just recently published a book and authored a book titled Do Right, Do Good. And uh, this book is slated to become a number one best best uh, seller and should be uh, uh a, a go-to book uh, by young and old alike for many generations to come. So uh, without any further ado, I'd like to have the pleasure of inviting uh, on house show uh, Brother Gene, being alert, and uh, if you just stay tuned with us for a moment, we'll bring him right on. Hi. 
How you guys doing? Okay, Hello? Brother Gene, how are you doing? I'm doing great, blessed, blessed. <laughs> yes, yes, we all very highly blessed and highly favored. It's a That's pleasure right. to have you with us this evening. No, I'm very honored to be on your show. And hello. To, Greetings, Gene. How are you? How you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. How's everything going? Doing good. Doing great. I'm feeling good. You know, today's a Sunday. Um, I'm at the shop. Uh-huh. Oh, you're at the shop right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm at, I'm at oh. Wonderful. As a matter of fact, your shop is open uh, seven days a week, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were talking about your shop in a moment, uh, but I just like to just start off with, uh, you know, uh, talking about your book, and that's okay. basically the main uh, reason why I invited you on the show. Uh, as I, you know, just get excited when I uh, read books of empowerment, books that really are relevant, relative, and relevant to the community at large but also that specifically target uh, the youth in our community. And I know that this is what your intent was with the book, but as we know, uh, young and old alike can benefit from reading your book. So um, the book titled Do Right, Do Good. So, Brother Gene, could you tell us first, uh, what was it that inspired you to write your book? You know what? Uh, what inspired me was a, a class of young people that uh, I spoke at Bushwick High School uh, one mon- morning, and uh, mm-hmm. these kids were saying, you inspire us, you should write a book. And I said, <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know I, I, I've been hearing that for, you know, years now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, what am I going to write about? <laughs> you know, that was, my, that was usually my answer. But yeah. at that particular point in that classroom, I knew what I would write about. You know, and I walked out of the classroom and I said, you know what? I called my wife and I told her, babe, I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, another project. And I said, no, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. This is, this is something I want to do. I've always heard it and, you know, God kept bringing different messengers to me and his angels saying, write a book, write a book. And I never mm-hmm. got across to do it. So instead of pouring, you know, I preach to not procrastinate. You know, yes. so um, I didn't procrastinate, and that afternoon I started, and that was last August. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, so, uh, and I've been speaking at schools, churches, colleges, you know, for the last 12 years, and I've been hearing the same thing for 12 years. Wow. Well, finally, you know, that's, you know, it's really encouraging and inspiring to hear you share that story that uh, you were motivated by youngsters. Yeah. And uh, with you being, you just turned, uh, you just celebrated your 30th birthday this year, right? Yes, uh, last year, November. Oh, last year, okay. Uh, so your birthday is in November. So as a matter of fact, you mentioned that uh, your wife and you had traveled to the Mediterranean to celebrate yeah. your 30th yeah. birthday. And that's yeah. pretty exciting. Uh uh, there's a few things that you mentioned regarding angels and uh, the guardians, and, and 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 then of course we're about them. I'm about to ask you a question, question about um, about your travels when you went on that cruise, and specifically to Egypt. And could you share a little bit with the with us about that trip 
and your experience by uh, visiting yep. one of the countries, which was Egypt? Oh, yes. Um, it was a 14-day, just to give the listeners a little bit more detail on the trip. Uh, I told my wife for my 30th I wanted to uh, be in Israel, in Jerusalem, where uh, Jesus <laughs> was on his 30th birthday. And I said I wanted to be in the motherland. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be in that realm, you know, uh, because at 30, I feel men, that's when it really kicks in. You know, that's when life really begins. And uh, so for my 30th birthday, you know, my wife planned it, and uh, we went out there. It was a 14-day Mediterranean cruise. We went to Rome. We started off with Rome. Then we went down to uh, Cyprus. We went to Turkey. We went to Greece. Uh, we went to Israel, Jerusalem, uh, and then Egypt, right? But when we got to Egypt, when I tell you these great, the great pyramids, the seven wonders, oh, my goodness, this really, really changed me uh, because it showed me how our ancestors, you know, really don't get any credit <laughs> because – you know they'll they'll say aliens uh, made the uh, uh, aliens made the pyramids and these people made the pyramids, but black people made the pyramids. You know, and, uh, you know, and we started there. And I remember on the trip, I was in a you know uh, we're the only minority young couple. We're actually the only minorities on the on the boat, and uh, it was a you know and the tour guy that when we landed in Egypt, the first thing he said to everyone was, you guys all came from him. And he pointed at me. <laughs> that was just to let them know that everyone here came from a black man, you know? And that really, like, shocked me because, you know, I don't know him. He doesn't know me, you know, and uh, he's an Egyptian man, and he just... And, you know, I was sort of in the back, and I have all these Caucasian older people right in front of me. It was just me and my wife, and he said, first thing first, everyone here came from him, and he pointed at me. And I was like, wow. And everyone turned around like, what? Are you crazy? Yeah, and then he, he explained why and how languages came from Egypt, how people came from Egypt, and it was it was really, really amazing, and it was you know, if I could uh, advise people to at least go to Egypt at least one time during their lifetime, that's a trip you need to go to, you know, um, definitely. You know, and another thing, too, about Egypt, a place with such uh, wealth, you know, um, mm -hmm. with the land, the culture, everything, um, the people, it's such a poor place with so much rich, you know, uh, qualities and, uh, you know, uh, assets around it. Um, and it's really hurtful to see people uh, struggling like that, you know, and because of corruption or whatever. But, um, you know, but it's a beautiful place, beautiful place. You know, uh, the pyramids, the Sphinx, uh, there's a lot of history, the museums uh, with great artifacts and, I brought back some papyrus paper. 
<laughs> so it's good stuff. The hieroglyphics, it's amazing, amazing. Well, thanks for sharing that that uh, that story with us, brother. Uh, I'm encouraged uh, to really ex- uh, make hasten up, if you will, to make my journey to the motherland and uh, specifically to Egypt as well. Um, I'm just looking forward to having the experience that you had uh, in your journey there. Uh, so, like, what I, I'd like to also ask you about the fact that you were born in Haiti. And um, you left there when you were five years of age. Uh-huh. And would you like to share with us uh, your experience at such a young age, a tender age of five, living in Haiti, and the fact that from Haiti you migrated to Brooklyn, New York? Could you tell us about your experience living in Haiti as a young boy and, and how that may have influenced you today as a young man? Oh, sure. Um, coming, from, uh, coming from Haiti... Uh, is and coming to the states, um, one thing that you know is still is still with me is a sense of appreciation and uh, a sense of um, uh, gratitude. You know, and don't take things for granted. You know, there's I see kids now, you know, four, three, and you know they get they have choices. You know they have. They could go to. You know the, they could get ice cream. They could get whatever. There's kids in Haiti. Not this is not how I grew up, but uh, there's kids in Haiti that have to eat dirt because they're hungry and their parents can't give them real food. You know, mm. uh, there's no running water. There's no uh, sometimes, and this goes throughout the whole island. Um, so rich or poor, you had power outages. You know, and mm-hmm. there's there's always you know. So when I came to the states, you know, I didn't have to. My what happened with me was my mom, after she had me, she left me in Haiti with my father, so she could come to the states to, you know, start the residency to bring me and my father up to uh, New York. So that's how we migrated to Brooklyn. So my mom didn't really raise me until. I got back to New, uh, the states. My my aunts did um, in Haiti, so I went mm-hmm. to I started school out there, and uh, and then you know reunited we reunited our family um, in Brooklyn in the eighties out here, you know in New York. Um, but you know it's hard work, hard work, dedication. You know it's it's just one of those things that were instilled in me from young from my grandfather who owned several businesses in Haiti to my father, to my mother, you know, just never looking back and being appreciative of everything that you have and God gives to you. You know, I tell kids when I speak at the school or speak at schools, I say, let me ask you guys something. Um, do you guys, if you guys won the lotto, do you ever think you're going to win the lotto? And a lot of kids say, no, no, no. I'm not going to win. It's, it's, it's impossible. And I tell them, you already won. <laughs> and the uh, reason uh, why uh. you won, and let me tell you why you won. You won because you were born in the United States of America. That's how you won. You know, because a lot of people, they work their lives to get over here, <laughs> to get the opportunities, to get the education, to, to get 
all the resources that we have here, they work themselves. They, they, you know, they are putting themselves in danger to come here. Rowboats, you know, coming from, you know, uh, uh, rowing, you know, getting on boats from Haiti, from, you know, Cuba, escaping islands, escaping different places, going in, uh, you know, battles and stuff, you know, trying to figure out how to get to this promised land, you know? And so I tell the kids, you have to be appreciative of what you have around you. Free education. There's um, there was a story I heard uh, the other day about this. Uh, well, I was watching on um, the what is this? I went to this church program and they were showing this uh, this uh, show, and this girl, she was uh, trying to get to school. She was in um, what state country was this? This was Africa, some part of Africa. And school was $60 a year, and they could, so her parents took her out of school uh, because it was a choice between food and shelter or school. Mm. So they said, you know what, forget it. We're taking you out of school, and you have to take care of, you know, uh, because we, we can't afford it. So this program, you know, so I'm like, for $60, $60. You know, some kids right now, they crying because they, they can't get the $400 iPad or, you know, and this girl can't go to school for $60 for a whole school year. <laughs> and we have free education, and some kids don't even, uh, you know, understand what they have, you know. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So I, I learned to be appreciative of what I have, you know, of everything, uh, even people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. uh, and most people, because it is the people that comes into our space, into our life, who are exactly. the teachers. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of people do not realize that that uh, that, that person might come into your life for just a moment, uh, mm-hmm. just for a smile, a blink of the eye, an acknowledgement, yep. and that moment could last a day, or a week, or months, or years. But there's a reason why we meet everyone that we um, that comes across our path, and I know that you believe, and we spoke about this in terms of being as courteous and uh, polite, and if possible, respectful and loving as possible to those who come across your path. And the first indication of that is to have a smile. And I really enjoyed reading that portion in your book about the fact that you learned that smiling can do wonders for one in one's life. Um, could you share a little bit about your philosophy and things that you have uh, held on to in terms of your success in life uh, up to this point of you being a young man? Well, um, with the, the, the smiling, right, uh, I yeah. learned, uh, you know, a lot of people even, they would say to me in the corporate world, uh, in the corporate America when uh, when I used to be a banker, why do you always smile? Gene, why are you always happy? Why are you so happy? And I'm like, we're alive. <laughs> you know, we're able, we're able to, uh, we're able to, to make money. We're able to live. We're able to, to, to provide for our families, you know, uh, why wouldn't I be smiling? You know, my parents are alive. They're healthy. My sisters are alive. You know, like we're 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 here. You know, mm-hmm. and I would tell people, I'm like, look, 
you need to smile. Like, sometimes you'll see people and they'll have a bad day. So what you do is you smile. You say hello. You know, that's all. Sometimes that little hello or that simple gesture will turn that person's entire uh, mood around whatever was going on with them. It, it automatically disappears. You know, and to prove that point, at my at my store, Brooklyn Swirl, right? Um, mm-hmm. As soon as you walk in, we make it a point to just say, hello, welcome to Brooklyn Swirl, and smile. And you should see, some people, before they walk in, because it's all glass, um, you'll see them with a frown on their face, or they're like, oh, do I really, you know, whatever they're going through. But as soon as they walk in and we hit them with that kindness, <laughs> You should see that whole mood. They start dancing or they'll say hello back and, you know, they get cheered up and it's it's a fun experience and it, it makes people feel happy and they feel welcomed, you know. And mm-hmm. if if more people, and they forget where they are, <laughs> they forget that they're in Brooklyn or they forget that, you know, whatever they're going through, they forget it when they come inside the store. And this is just an isolated experience, but... It's true wherever you are. You could be in the subway, you could be on a bus, you could be at work. It, it you know, it, and it, it's the same. The opposite is true too, and it's true. If someone's in a bad mood and they walk into a room with a sourpuss face on, it destroys the mood and dynamic of the entire room. So think about how how much a smile could uh, uplift a room. You know. Think about it. You know, it's, it's it's very powerful. A smile is very powerful, and I learned that from my mom. <laughs> and uh, it, it helped me throughout. That's one of my biggest, biggest. If people ask me my secret, that's the secret. Smile. <laughs> I've, always, you know? I've always shared with my wife and, and, and friends uh, about the dilemma of those of us of African descent. And, and also people from uh, who live here in the East Coast, uh, there is a, uh, I would say, almost a deficit of uh, customer service uh, yes. consciousness. And just that along what you mentioned, I know some years ago I shared this anecdote with my wife uh, a few years ago that when I worked near a downtown in Manhattan near Macy's, there was a McDonald's. And I no longer um, eat French fries from there or anything like that. I don't want to get into the politics of eating. But um, when I did, uh, there was a sign behind the cashiers, and the sign read that if one of these cashiers does not smile and greet you, let the manager know, and you will be uh, awarded a free bag of French fries. <laughs> wow. So I was somewhat incredulous. You know, I didn't believe the sign said what it, what it read, you know. And uh, the manager said, yeah, this is, you know, something that I thought of thought up, and and uh, when you walk in there, you rest assured all those cashiers have a permanent smile on their face because they don't want to be responsible for having the cost of a bag of french fries taken from their paycheck. Exactly. Um, so the, the, the thought I've always had was that you walk into many of our neighborhood stores and people are not aware of the fact that just a simple smile and greeting and being cordial can enhance your business, can um, increase the cust- increase the customer um, uh, uh, the total of customers that you get that 
constantly come into your store, new as well as old alike. So I'm happy you shared that that with us. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, getting into your book now uh, about the people who've influenced you. I know that you have uh, Brother Dennis Kimbrough, the author of Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice, uh, who, who wrote the foreword for your book, if I'm not mistaken, right? And yes, of course, wrote the foreword. Russell Simmons, who endorsed your book, and then uh, you have many mentors. Uh, some of them are known and some are not known, but but uh, I think uh, P. Diddy, uh, Puffy Combs, and Jay-Z, and just a host of people who have influenced you. Would you care to share any thoughts with the listening audience about this uh, this impact of friends and associates and colleagues who have uh, given you your uh, uh, inspiration and supported you in your endeavors, especially within uh, the aspect of writing this book? Okay. Well, uh, to go back, uh, you mentioned uh, Sean Combs. He's been one of, I, you know, what I do is I take, um, since I was a kid, I take good qualities, the best qualities I see from a person, and I, I, I use it to make myself better, you know. And if I see a lot of people use that same characteristics, I'm going to continue to, you know, use those characteristics and those traits for myself. Um, and one of the things that I, I saw uh, from from a kid when I was 15, you know, I, you know, hip-hop was, you know, getting on TV and, you know, magazine. And um, I went into, I went into, uh, I went into uh, uh, the radio. Uh, I saw TV and I saw Puffy on there. And I said, wow, look at this guy. And he started, you know, all you saw was him working hard and you, you continually just saw him building and building and building. And every year I saw him, I saw the same things that, you know, he kept going, you know, and he kept saying, uh, can't stop, won't stop. So in in school, I would say that, you know, can't stop, won't stop, you know, and I'm going to get better in school. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to have my grades you know, move up and I'm going to be the best at whatever I'm going to do in uh, school. So he was doing it in entertainment and I was doing it in, in middle school and I started doing it in high school, you know. And mm. when I got to college, um, I read this book by um, Russell Simmons, who's in entertainment also, um, called Do You. And yes. Do You... I started reading it, and I'm like, wow, these are the same characteristics and traits that I've been studying from, you know, uh, seven seven uh, habits of highly successful people. You know, um, all these, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all these different books all say the same thing, you know. Yes. And, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I get it, you know. And so from Jay-Z, from Puffy. I grew up in entertainment as far as, you know, these are the guys who were around when, you know, you went to school, you put, you put on the radio. You know, that was my that was the era. So, um, and entertainment and, and hip-hop was a big influence, and it still is a big influence in a lot of kids' lives. But, you know, I think it's a lot different now, um, and that's why I really want to step up as a young entrepreneur, young person that's, 
you know, sort of in, in entertainment uh, on the back end of things um, and show them that, you know what, you don't have to get tattoos all over your face. You don't have to wear your pants hanging down. You don't have to, you know, um, curse, and you don't have you have to treat people respectively. You know, and you have to learn how to dress like a professional, you know, because that's what I saw. You know, I saw Puffy wearing suits. I saw Jay-Z wearing suits. I saw Russell Simmons wearing suits. Now these young guys, they don't do that. You know, they, they think a T-shirt and their pants hanging down and tattoos and earrings all over the place, they think that's cool. So the young kids are imitating them, you know, and yeah. I, I feel bad for them because uh, once they realize, once they get to a certain age after high school or even, you know, after college, and they can't get a job or they stuck at a certain type of job, they're going to be like, oh, my God, you know, Little Wayne didn't help me, <laughs> you know, looking like this person didn't help me. And, uh, you know, so I want to reach out to them now, you know, while they're young and say, hey, look, you know, this is not the way. You know, I know uh, it's cool, it might look cool, or it might be cool, but, you know, right now, but 10 years, you're not going to be – this person, or you're, you're not going to be that person. You're going to be yourself. So to you have to find yourself, but not, you know, let these ink monks or, you know, dictate your future. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, another observation. An observation. Another observation that I saw too. When I was growing up, another thing was, you know, we're into sports. Basketball was a you know, big thing. So Michael Jordan, you know, we looked up to Michael Jordan, uh, people like that. No tattoos on him. Now you look at all the basketball players, it's all on their neck. You know, uh, they, you know they call it the sleeves, so they tattoo their entire arms, both arms. And so now these kids that play basketball, they think, okay, because I'm a basketball player, I have to be, I have to look like that too, you know? So they forget about the Jordans and they forget about the Magic Johnsons. You know, I'd rather be like Magic Johnson or <laughs> or Jordan on a business standpoint where you're opening businesses, you're creating uh, wealth in our communities, you're putting, uh, you know, movie movie uh, locations in our urban areas or and building, opening our own networks. That's what I want to do. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I want and, you know, I want our youth to see that that's obtainable. This guy could do it. We could do it, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would be miss, remiss if I didn't mention uh, how your wife, your lovely wife, uh, Gaynor, has uh, supported you. And, and uh, she's also a partner with you with uh, your uh, Brooklyn Swirl frozen yogurt business. And yes. how has she influenced you? Because, uh, as oh. you know, behind a man and there's a, a, a good woman and, and vice versa, of course. And uh, it's nothing like having a a, a, a a wife who is your partner and friend, spiritual partner foremost, but also someone who can be supportive to you in terms of your professional endeavors. Because we'd like yes. to share with uh, some some uh, some thoughts about uh, your wife, Gaynor, and, and how you two work together. Oh, for sure. Um Seven years ago when I first met uh, my wife, um, I knew she was going to be my wife from day one. 
you know, I told her a month after we started uh, dating, said in two years we're going to be engaged, a year later we're going to be married, and that's it. And it happened. <laughs> but from day one, I remember the night that, because um, when she met me, I was a banker. Uh, yeah. When we got married, I started my own business, the Alert Card and Associates, the marketing firm. And yeah. we got engaged in San Francisco, okay? Uh-huh. And when we got engaged, um, I told her, I said, look, no one knows we're out here except uh, your father and my mom <laughs> and my father. No one else. So I have to let you know something. I'm quitting my job to start my own business. You know, you met me. You know, I'm a vice president of this mortgage company right now. But when we get back, <laughs> if with your blessing, I will be CEO of my own company. He said, I didn't marry you. I'm not, I didn't say yes, and I'm not going to marry you for your job title. I'm marrying you for you. And I said, okay. And that was it. That's all I needed to hear. That was that confirmation. And she's been with me through thick and thin. She's been the most supportive person I've ever met, um, ever dated, you know. And she's she's like Michelle to Obama. You know, that's why I put that in the, in the book. Um, yes. She, you know, everything. Like, she would tell me, no, this won't work. And she's not, you know, she'll she'll keep it real too. So she's not gonna always. She's not my yes person, you know. She's not gonna say, oh yeah, everything I bring to her, oh, this is a great idea. And she's not gonna say, oh yeah, this is great. And then it fails, and she's like, you know, she's not like that. She'll tell me up front, no, don't do that. That's not gonna work. <laughs> and you know, you're married, so you you can probably agree with me. So yes. you know, they they're not, you know, the wives to me, wives are the backbone. They are the strength, you know. Um, it's very important uh, to have a good wife with you because you have to surround yourself with good, positive people. And when you you're already on the battlefield outside of your home, so when you go home, you should have someone where you can build with a partner. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. I consider my wife to be more than a, a wife or a friend. She's my partner. You know, and. Um, I appreciate it for sure, you know, and uh, I dedicated the book to her, I, you know, I, I, whatever she wants, you know, um, because I feel without her, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of attributes that are great, but if I had the wrong partner, wrong spouse, it wouldn't work. It would be difficult, you know, and uh, because of the amount of hours and the amount of time and the amount of effort that I put into work, relationship would, would, wouldn't work if it, it wasn't a partnership, you understand? Um, yes. I, there was a, there was a, uh, uh, um, a video that we, my father-in-law let me, uh, me and my wife watch, and it was talking about relationships and how the dynamic of, you know, black relationships, you know, uh, don't work, you know, and I, and I said, and why certain people go into, you know, interracial couples. And I said, I said, you see, this video is wrong. It's just that, you know, uh, you have to be mature. You have to be mature and you have to understand that everything is not image or you, you're looking at people for the wrong 
you're going into relationships for the wrong uh, uh, reason, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have to look deeper. It's within. It's not external. It's within. So it's, mm. it's very important when you when you choose a partner, especially a life partner, um, that you you look within. You have deep conversation. You you know uh, you have to share goals. You have to really really conversate. You can't just go to the movies and oh yeah I'm gonna marry her. <laughs> you know no. <laughs> you have to have intelligent conversation. You have to know or know what you want long term. You have to see beyond. Five years, ten years, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. But that's that's pretty. As a matter of fact, that leads right into your first chapter, uh, the power of vision. And as you were saying, do you have to have a partner who shares your vision? Yes. Um, I know that you stated in the in the in the first chapter how the vision that you've had was for your company. Um. Alert Carter and Associates to be able to emulate the the trajectory of growth, such as Pepsi Cola, uh, such as uh, Nike, and a host of other uh, uh, Fortune 500 companies, and knowing that they didn't start out without a struggle, and, uh, and you also use in your analogy of your trip to the Mediterranean, you uh, use the analogy of the sea. Uh, can be very calm, but it also can be a very rough experience sailing through the ocean. Um, I like the way you use metaphors, as it were, with regard <laughs> to life. Would you like yes. to share some thoughts about that? Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I've always been told that I'm a, a storyteller. Like, uh, I know how to paint pictures, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I, I speak a lot, you know. And what I always tell people is this, I'd rather paint the picture and then put the frame on it versus put the frame up first and then try to figure out what painting I'm going to put inside the frame. So mm-hmm. when when I tell a story or I try to make sense of something uh, to, and explain something to someone, I'm always creating ways or trying to cre- uh, have a, something creative where people could see it, where, oh, okay, I understand the water. Because if I tell someone, yeah, life is hard, it's not always going to be easy. They're like, oh, yeah, I heard that before, <laughs> you know. But when I say, okay, it's like, you know, life is the ocean. Your your body is the vessel. God has a plan. He's going to bring you to your port, you know. You're you're going to, as long as you stay focused and have faith that you're, you're, the vessel is going to get to the port, you'll be okay, you know, but, but the vessel is not always going to be in calm water. It's going to be in rough water sometimes. It, it might be in, uh, you know, subdued water. So you, you never know. You know, you might have storms and uh, things might happen. It might try to throw you off track. That's all it is. But if you have mm-hmm. faith, you always get to your destination. And I... And I came to that conclusion real young, you know. And I try to share that with my friends. I try to share that with people I come across. And, you know, and, that's, and I keep a smile because, you know, um, just to go back with, you know, Brooklyn Swirl, because this is my newest venture, um, 
people ask me, aren't you afraid of the winter time? Or are you afraid? Are you afraid? Aren't you worried? And you know what <laughs> I tell them? You know what I tell them? Ready for this one? Yes. I, I have faith. I don't go into anything worried. <laughs> if I was worried about something, I wouldn't get into it. You know, Absolutely. I was like, God brought me to it, and he's going to get me through it. You know? That's <laughs> it. And I'm going to work hard. If I have to work double, you know, I already work double now. So if I have to work quadruple, I'm going to work uh-huh. quadruple in the winter. It's fine with me because I understand what it, what it takes. And because so many people come to me, you know, saying one, you know, oh, oh my God, winter, winter, winter. I'm, I'm more inclined to help prove them wrong, to show them, hey, look, look at, look at my place is packed in December, <laughs> you know, and just because that's who I am, that's how I, I've always been, you know, um, even if you look at, um, this is my first book, you know, a lot of people told me. For your first book, you you won't get anyone to write a forward for you. You're not going to get any celebrity endorsements. You're not going to get this. You're not going to get that. You can't put it on audio. It's not going to go on iTunes. It's not going to go on this. Every all these doubters, you know, they that that's what I'm. Uh, what I when I preach about, you know, keeping positive people around you and keeping. Uh, sometimes I let them in just a little, just to uh, hear what what negativity sounds like, and then I mm-hmm. I close the door back on them, you know, mm. just so I can go back into my own space. But, you know, um, I usually stay in my own little world, you know, and I I don't I don't go with, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not motivated by fear. Uh, you know, I, I'm motivated by faith and, and the fact that I'm leaving, I'm working hard to leave a legacy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's important to me. So I, I'm not worried. I'm not scared. You know, I, I feel like um, because of the, the faith I have in God, you know, um, I can move mountains, you know, and I really believe that. You know, and it's, uh, you know, I, I've been told that I have, I'm a young guy, I'm 30, but I have a soul of a 60-year-old, you know. <laughs> or I've been here before. And you know what? I probably have. You know, I probably have, because I, I, I do feel like I'm older, you know, and, you know, in conversation and speaking, and even as I'm doing this com- uh, this interview right now, I feel like, wow, am I really 30 years old? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it's, you know, I feel, you know, I just, I just believe that. I just, for some reason, I just, I just really believe that, you know, what, whatever you have a vision for, whatever, that wasn't a mistake, and it, 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 you have a purpose. Everyone serves a purpose. Everyone came to this, this on this earth for a reason. And as long as you have faith, you will be able to achieve that vision and that purpose. You you will be uh, you will fulfill it. You will. Well, yeah. that's true, and and, and I'm, I'm the one I think that last shared with you. Uh, the age of sixty, you know, being thirty but having an, an old soul. Yeah, I think you told me that. <laughs> talking yesterday, and I mentioned that to you. Yeah. So I don't know if you were thinking about me inadvertently, uh, but I must mention the fact that uh, the second chapter, uh, pursuit of happiness, 
mm-hmm. that's something I'd really like to talk with you about, uh, your experience with meeting uh, Chris uh, Gardner, uh, who the film, the biological drama film, The Pursuit of Happiness, is based on him and his life with his son and going through the struggle of being homeless. And, of course, uh, it was such a powerful powerful uh, story that Will Smith uh, was approached to be the, the star and to uh, play the role of Chris Gardner. As a matter of fact, I was fortunate enough to uh, look at one of Oprah's shows um, a couple of years ago, and she had Chris Gardner and Will Smith as guests. And they spoke yeah. about uh, how they met, and, and Will decided to play the part. So I'm going to take a short break, and, and when we come back, I'd like for you to share the story of your uh, uh, speaking with and meeting with Chris Gardner and how he impressed you to write your second chapter dedicated to uh, the title of his, of his uh, show, a movie rather, titled The Pursuit of Happiness. So we'll okay. be back in a moment, okay? Sure. This is a, a, a piece that I'd like to share with the listening audience about being alerts business titled uh, Brooklyn Swirl. If any of you have a sweet tooth for frozen yogurt smoothies or uh, any of the like, and if any of you live or travel in the New York City area, and if you happen to live in the Stuyvesant Heights area, do yourself a flavor, I mean favor. <laughs> and drop by Brooklyn Swirl, which is located on 445 Marcus Garvey Boulevard, a few blocks away from Fulton Street. Their phone number is 347-915-1949, and they're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. They offer gluten-free frozen yogurt as well as non-dairy flavors available for vegans. For more information, please visit Brooklyn Swirl at www.brooklynswirl.com and also become a Twitter and Facebook friend of Brooklyn Swirl by logging on to Brooklyn Swirl at the uh, designated domains. Thank you and stay tuned. We'll be back with you in a moment.
Okay, we're back. Uh, Brother Gene. Yes. Hello? Can you hear me, Brother Gene? Yes, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, great, great. So, um, as I mentioned, I wanted you to share with us your um, experience with meeting and developing a relationship with Brother Chris Gardner uh, and how you happened to be inspired to dedicate your second chapter to the pursuit of happiness. Yes, no problem. I, um, when Pursuit of Happiness, uh, uh, the movie came out, um, I was really touched because I saw, um, first I know, you know, um, in the film business, they don't really want to portray these type of, they don't want to show black people in this type of light as far as, you know, something positive, you know, unless it's like, you know, a different type of movie. So I I appreciate uh, Will Smith and the people who are overlooked making this film. Um, So... You know, I want to give my appreciation to uh, uh, Will Smith and uh, Chris Goddard for doing this. Um, now, when I saw when I saw that movie, um, I saw you know from day one where you know Will Smith went up to the guy in the car and said, "What do you do? <laughs> you know, what do you do?" And he said, "I'm a stockbroker." He said, "Wow." He said, "Okay, you know what? I want you know." And then he he went and tried to, he got the internship, he worked hard, he got hit by a car, he was homeless, his wife left him, he, you know, he was trying to sell, you know, his little units to, um, he was going in and out of shelter, he was, and then he was still, you know, trying to make it happen to, to land his career, and then at the end, I mean, you know, in real life, the story ends with him opening his own firm, and you know he uh, he was top of his class with the you know uh, in the program, and you know, and he's very very successful. Now, I saw that as okay, this man is older than me, you know, but the same it goes again, uh, the same principles, the same characteristics that this guy had. Puffy had, Jay-Z had, mm-hmm. Russell Simmons had, Chris Gardner had. You know, Nate, I could keep going, you know. And um, even though I've never met them before, you know, I just saw them on from afar, I I thought, I, I was like, okay, I have to meet Chris Gardner. I have to speak to him. And um, when I was writing my book, I, I said, okay, the second chapter has to be, named The Pursuit of Happiness because I used to, when I first met my wife and, well, not first met my wife, when mm-hmm. I got engaged to my wife, I, yes. I you know, I started my business um, and I would, you know, I would go to the city, I would, you know, I will still wear a suit and, you know, networking and going out and I used to call, I, I used to tell her, this part of my life is running and when you know, things didn't go as good for me, and, you know, I, I was running out of money. Like, this this part of my life is called struggling, you know? And um, and we'll have jokes, and, and every day in my office, um, if I needed to be, you know, see something inspiring, I'd pop, if you go to my office today, um, 
that's the movie that's in my office right now. In the conference mm. room, Pursuit of Happiness is there. I have one copy at home, one copy at the office. So no matter, whenever I need a little bit of visual uh, um, <laughs> uh, inspiration, I pop that movie in. You know, mm. and so while I was working on the chapter, one of my good friends, uh, you'll see her in the back of the book. Her name is Alvina Alston. She she's a producer at Fox Five. Right, well, mm-hmm. Fox Business, and she's a, fe- a black female, African American female, and uh, she's my sister, you know, my older sister, and I I speak to her, uh, my spiritual sister, so I speak to her all the time, and I was telling her and we were walking, uh, where we, I forgot where we, no, we were walking from dinner one night, and I was telling her about, um, you know, the second chapter and how I'm excited about writing this chapter and the influence Chris Gardner had on me without, I don't even know him, you know, but uh, his story is so inspiring to me and and it, it's showing me that I'm on the right path and wherever I'm going to go, you know, uh, it's showing me that it's possible, you know, and uh, this should influence a lot of people, uh, especially young black men. And uh, with the whole Obama winning, there's a lot of things that go into uh, play with this, but um, she said, wait a minute, Chris Gardner, I know him. He's been, I put him on TV a few times. Like, you know, <laughs> I get set up and I said, you're lying. She said, no. Right there and then she, she said, here's his phone number. We're going to, we're going to, I want you to call him tomorrow. First thing in the morning. Uh, yeah. And let me tell you how, how, how uh, nervous I was just for a phone call. Just because of the, the the caliber of man this guy is to me, right? Mm-hmm. For a phone call, I got dressed up in a suit, okay? Dressed up Absolutely. in a suit, yeah. Just to call him, <laughs> just to call him. You know, I got Don't dressed you, up have just, to, yeah, because I wanted to. I wanted to so have, many ways, right? Huh? Excuse me. I said we have to prep ourselves in so many ways. When we're about to, you know, participate in the in the game of life. Exactly. So, you know, you know, people would do like, oh, that's weird. But for me, it was like, okay, I don't want to. I want to have my game, you know, power suit, power tie, you know, and I wanted to be prepared, you know. And I, even though I know he's in Chicago, I'm in New York. Um, he's not going to say, oh, okay, let's meet right now, but. I wanted to, you know, mentally be there and physically be there as far as, you know, how I am. I didn't want to be comfortable in, you know, jeans and, you know, shoes while I talked to a man of that caliber, you know. So that's that's why I did that. But when I got on the phone with him, I told him, uh, you know, what I was doing. And uh, he said, I want your first copy of your – and I want a hardcover. <laughs> So what I ended up doing is, like, when, you know, when I did finish the book, I called up. I'm actually sending him his hardcover because the book comes out September 1st, or well, uh, August 30th. But I'm sending him his hard copy um, that that day. And I actually called the uh, publisher and told him, hey, I, I need to have a hard copy book available because I need to send one to Russell Simmons and one to Chris Gardner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, uh, you know, that's really a, a heartfelt uh, uh, example and story of the uh, of your meeting with Chris and 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 an example of the law of attraction. I'm always uh, alluding to that. Uh, it's a name that's been given as of late to a phenomenon that has been ex- in existence for thousands of years since the beginning of man uh, on this planet Earth. We are attracted to those things that are meant for us to uh, have in our lives so that we can survive. And uh, whether it be uh, vegetation, and if you happen to eat animals, you know, those things will come into your presence so that you can eat to live. Um, If you need water, uh, you will be able to find that by many ways. And, of course, if you need to meet another person to help you in your pursuit, number one, a significant um, partner, such as your wife, she will appear uh, by the grace of the Most High, by the grace of God. And um, I'm always alluding to the fact uh, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience as opposed to what we are led to believe reverse, uh, okay. that we're humans who sometimes have a spiritual experience. So um, your story that you shared with me about uh, your spiritual sister, when she said that she had Chris's phone number, is a prime example of that, Uh, quite quite a story. So earlier, though, you were talking about doing the right thing, and that's your your, uh, fourth chapter. And, well, actually, your third you were speaking earlier, and you didn't mention the chapter, but surrounding yourself with the right people and how you – would allow certain people to come into your your um, your space just to hear if they have anything negative to present, and if they do, you has, don't hesitate to uh, show them uh, the way to the door, as it were. And then yeah. Doing the right thing, as you've always shared with uh, your lectures and, and, and talks with your youth and and various colleges and businesses that you've lectured at and, and had speaking engagements, and then, of course, in Chapter 5, talking about the grind, hard work, and dedication. Uh, so you've basically covered the contents of your book, and I highly recommend uh, the listeners to uh, grab a copy. Uh, matter of fact, grab a few copies and make them uh, available to other members of your family and friends and use them as gifts because this is a book which is um, a, a very easy read uh, initially, but once you get into it, you'll find that you uh, might not want to go to the next chapter before reading the previous chapter that you read, just to digest it a little bit more, because uh, Gene has quite a bit of nuggets of gold, of information and, and inspiration in, uh, within his book titled do right, do good. So uh, I want to thank you so much, my brother, for um, coming on with us and sharing uh, your experience, your life experiences, and and uh, the experience of you writing your book and uh, your business. By the way, I must just share the fact with the listening audience, and I would be remiss. The title of my show is Grassroots Holistic Health Radio, and. Um, Myself being a vegetarian, 
a, um, a person who believes in maintaining one's good health. Some of you know that I'm a marathon runner, and um, I don't endorse everyone to run a marathon, but to at least exercise every day by at least walking a mile a day. And um, I'm sorry, half an hour a day of vigorous walking, just so that you get your heartbeat up to a, a, a pace that uh, can produce a sweat, as it were, so that your body can benefit from that. And then also to eat um, nourishing food, food that is healthy as opposed to unhealthy, and food that uh, maximizes uh, the nourishment which you can get from it, such as your fruits and veggies. Um, Then, Which leads me to talk about Gene's um, business, the Brooklyn Swirl. His food is uh, in the form of frozen yogurt, is something that has, it's not just for those of us who have a sweet tooth who want to satiate that desire to have ice cream and other goodies that taste very sweet, but his food is able to satisfy that need, but also, bottom line, most, more importantly, is able to give you nourishment. So I want to thank you so much, uh, Gene, for having the insight and the wherewithal and business acumen to come up with the idea of opening up such a business within the heart of Brooklyn, uh, of Bedford-Stuyvesant, also known as Stuyvesant Heights. I thank you so much for that. Would you like to share a few words about your business before we end the program? Okay. Uh, Well, you know, thank you for, you know, bringing me on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you and your wife. Um, uh, And I I love the fact that uh, God put us together. And Dory actually put us together and uh, uh, met your wife that day. Um, you know, I want to thank your listeners to uh, mm. for taking the time and um, to listen to the show and, you know, listen to me and listen to this interview. I appreciate everybody. Um, now, with Brooklyn Swirl, right, Brooklyn Swirl is the first black-owned, pro- well, only frozen yogurt place in Bedside as a whole. Um, Uh We're the only black-owned frozen yogurt in Brooklyn. Um, Mm. Now, you know, behind the frozen yogurt, we wanted something gluten-free. We wanted wanted something healthy. We wanted something that could be uh, a family-friendly environment. We we want we have the nice outside patio where we have the Wi-Fi. We wanted to cater to all different demographics in our space, you know. So we didn't want to do a cafe, or we didn't want to do a sandwich place, or we didn't want to do a, you know uh, anything else. We didn't want anything that served liquor. Um, so my wife is actually the one that came up with the yolk frozen yogurt concept. Uh, I came yeah, see, that's what I'm saying, partnership, (laughs) (laughs) team. Um, And, you know, it, you know, and it, it, it worked, you know, Um, and because of, because we both shared, you know, one goal, which was to provide our community with something, a, a healthy alternative, we didn't know what it was in the beginning, but we just knew that we didn't want to put another 
soul food place here. You know, or we didn't want to put something greasy or we didn't want something uh, with fat. All our yogurt is non-fat, um, low calories. For, so for a small cup is like 100 calories. So that's excellent for people who are trying to diet. We also serve smoothies, fresh fruit mm-hmm. smoothies, where, you know, even it has no milk, no soy, and no... Uh, uh, no additional juices with, you know, uh, the high fructose or fructose or any type of sugar. Uh, the only mm-hmm. sugar that's in the, uh, the smoothies is the natural sugars that's in the fruit. Uh, and we pick out uh, organic fruits uh, every two days. So everything's fresh uh, mm-hmm. at our store. And we also have uh, fruit crepes. So uh, crepes are a French uh, specialty, dessert, and Mm -hmm. we fill it with um, different fruits, and you can create your own. We have, you know, raspberries, uh, strawberries, bananas, whatever you want in between. It's it's a good good combination, and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're open seven days a week. And something else that uh, I want to share with uh, your listeners is that from – uh, seven days a week from 11 to 3, uh, we have something for the elders in the community or elders in general. Um, 62 and over, you get 50% off my entire menu. And the reason why I did this, I wasn't, no one forced me to do it. No one uh, told me I had to do it. The reason why I did it was because the elders in the community, and especially in Bed-Stuy, you know, paved the way for people like me paved the way for us to own property, you know, and I felt it was important that I gave back. And the the way that me and my wife were giving back is, you know, giving them the opportunity to share and enjoy this space that we made so uh, inviting um, and, uh, and make it affordable for those who are on fixed income, those who want to just have a nice place, to just have a nice time with their girlfriend, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. we, 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 you know, because of this, we get a lot of people to come here and enjoy uh, the, the desserts and the treats that we uh, share. You know, so for so for 62 and over, um, come down to Brooklyn Swirl from 11 to 3 and uh, enjoy yourself, you know. <laughs> and you said 50%, right? 5-0. Yeah, 5-0, 5-0. 50% discount. Oh, that yeah. that's commendable, my brother. Yeah, that is commendable. Thank and, you. And um, I, I I must again share the the fact that the uh, uh, Brooklyn Squirrel is located in the heart of Stuyvesant Heights. And uh, do yourself a favor and drop by. Uh, the address is 445 Marcus Garvey Boulevard, a few blocks away from Fulton Street. And um, they're open from. Uh, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. So be sure to uh, drop by, and you'll probably see Gene there. Uh, He's a hard worker and and one who's really uh, dedicated to his business and to the community, and I'm so happy you shared that. Uh, Before we end, you're welcome. My pleasure. Uh, Before we end the the show, uh, my brother, I I just have to mention that I saw your father-in-law. I think it was your father-in-law inside your your store, Brooklyn Squirrel, playing the African djembe drum. Was that, am I correct? Yes, yes, that's him. 
<laughs> you know what? Oh it, yes, it, it, I was so taken back. Uh, I could not. I just had to smile because, as you know, I'm a djembe uh, uh, drummer and as well as a jazz drummer. But um, we've been talking about playing drums at your at your store, and of course um, at Richard's store, the House of Art. And I'm looking forward to having him on my show. But uh, how long has your father your father-in-law been playing drums? Uh, years now. Um, he's actually that was an open mic that you saw him. Uh, uh, the picture. I yes. actually have a video. Yeah, he's been playing for uh, you know I think probably over ten years now. Um, okay. And you well, know, I was thinking, to- earlier during your show in uh, in the beginning, uh, I was thinking about uh, setting up a meeting with you and my father-in-law uh, because of the drum, the drums, and because uh, you guys would definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, has you know you guys have that in common, and you guys are both educators. You guys are both people who who want you know to bring up the community and uh, enlighten. So uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely like to set something up for you guys to uh, uh, have a conversation. You know. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, yeah. I really look forward to that. And thank you I, for the opportunity. Yeah, I um I also wanted to I wanted to share. Um, I have my first uh, book signing at um, at the House of Art uh, Art Gallery. I'm not going to have it at my store. I wanted to uh, share. Um, uh, my friend is opening up his art gallery on the same block as us, as on Marcus Garvey, uh, one block over. So, you know, to 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 bless it, I wanted to bring my business to him. So that people could get that exposure as well, because you know, one person can't bring up a, uh, a community, a group does. So I want to build the businesses on the block in the community. So um, I'm going to have my uh, my book signing, my first book signing at my friend Richard's uh, uh, art gallery. It's called House of Art. It's located at 408 Marcus Garvey Boulevard. It's going to be uh, from seven to 9:30, and uh, mm-hmm. you're. Uh, I, I know we talked about uh, having you on playing some drums, maybe in the beginning, maybe around seven, seven thirty. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be great. Uh, Rich is very excited about that. I am too. You know, I think that'll be a great addition to uh, the mood and uh, the element that we're trying to uh, bring to Bedside. You know. And, um, uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's yeah, yeah. Really be a- September, September 6th. Um, people could, uh, you know, I don't know, can I share where people could find me or uh, follow me? See? Uh, absolutely. Uh, okay. I shared that earlier and uh, regarding Facebook and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Mr. And, my and Twitter name else? is. Yeah, my Twitter name is Mr. Alert. Um, if you would like more information on uh, Do Right, Do Good, just go, and or Gene, or me, <laughs> uh, you can go to uh, DoRightDoGood.com and just simply join my mailing list, and uh, I'll personally send you an email uh, welcoming you to uh, uh, my email list, and uh, I'll keep you informed of my speaking engagements. And if you want to book me for either a church or a school or or an organization, um, 
just you know email me. My uh, my email is gene at uh, brooklynswirl dot com. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us, and I'm sure that you're going to have people contacting you. Um, and I'm looking forward to drumming um, at your book signing with uh, Richard at the House of Art. And that date again is September 6th. September 6th. Yes, September 6th. Um, it's a Thursday from 7 to 9.30. Wonderful. And uh, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, I'll, um, I'm going to be speaking in front of, uh, the, um, the, you know, people. And we're going to have some nice drums. Uh, nice painting, nice artwork, and we're also going to um, have, you know, questions and answers, discussion, um, and then time for photo ops and, you know, of course, uh, signing books and uh, supporting a, a good cause and a good book, you know, and spreading the word. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, my brother. Brother Gene, uh, yes, it's thank a pleasure. You so I'm much. looking Looking forward to having you visit us again. Yes. And um, give my regards to your wife yes. and family. Same here. Thank you and so much for having me. I'm sorry, what did you say? No, no, I said thank you so much for having me. I appreciate uh, your time and I appreciate everything, you know. Um, it's very important that, you know, um, uh, people, people, Built this how communities get built, you know, by us communicating and uh, spreading the message out there, and to show that people we can all do this, you know. Um, I can learn how to play the drums, you get, because you know we have to be teachers, you know. You'll teach me, uh, and you know things of that nature, you know. People, I could teach people how to be an entrepreneur, um, and the mindset, and I think that that's what I'm uh, I'm putting out there in do I do this. You know, and setting Absolutely. up an example for the young people and older too. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get used to saying older, uh, uh, older people, because you know, like I remember that conversation me and you had the other day. This lady walked by and said, um, "Did you only write your book for you know? What's your age group, your demographic?" I said, "Well, you know, between 17, 19, 21, 25, whatever." And so she said, no, older than that, she said, I'm, I'm 50, 50 years old, and I need, I loved your book. It was inspiring to me, too. I said, wow. I said, okay. She said, you wrote your book for everyone that wants to feel inspired. So I was like, okay. <laughs> That's my new demographic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned earlier in the show, that this book is for young and old alike. And yes. uh, I think that, I don't think I know that your book is going to become a bestseller uh, and a go-to book, a, a book that will be on many bookshelves for many generations to come. So uh, thanks again, my brother. And All I'm right. looking forward to drumming together sometime soon. Yes. Have a good night now. Uh, you too. Have a blessed night. Take care.